One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We got some really nice-looking nugs here, too. We got a lot of flavors I want to show you. We got the Skywalker OG. We got the Kush Cleaner. We got the Blue Widow. And that's it. All right. Let me get the Blue Widow out. Bean just wrote a book about how to smoke pot properly. Is there a way to smoke pot? I've been doing it all wrong. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Hey, welcome to Tea Time with T-Kid. I'm T-Kid. I'm a host and producer for Vice, former author of the Weedicate column, cannabis journalist since 2012, and all-around pot fanatic. On this show, I hang out with some of the great weed people I've met in my career, and we have some tea, talk about weed, get into our favorite mindset, and have some fun. I also have a friend stop by to hang with us, and we review a cannabis accessory each week. In this episode, my buddy Skeletor is bringing over a Tyga Gold Wrap joint. And my guest this week is David Bienenstock, former West Coast editor of High Times, columnist for Vice, producer of the Munchies show Bang Appetit, which I host, and author of the new book, How to Smoke Pot Properly, an exploration of essential cannabis history and culture. So let's get started with a little discussion about our line of work, perhaps the best job in the world. And I mean, best job in the world, you know, I've been told since 2012 when I started being a cannabis journalist, you've got the best job in the world. I did this job when it was uh, not the worst job in the world because it was the same cool people that you were reporting on, but instead of going to their uh, celebratory weed dinner, you were going to their trials. I started reporting on marijuana for two in in uh, 2002. For I worked at High Times, as you know, for like a, about 10 years. And, you know, writing the news for High Times in 2002 was harsh. It was bad news. It was bad news all the time. And, you, you know... To give this a little context, in 2001, the federal government stepped up its assault against state-level medical marijuana laws, mainly targeting Californias, and that set the tone for the rest of the decade. In addition to people being arrested and jailed for marijuana, many patients were forced away from their medicine. Tomorrow, the Supreme Court is going to hear arguments in United States versus Oakland Cannabis Buyers Club. And the issue in that case is whether juries in federal court can consider a medical necessity defense in cases where a person is being prosecuted on marijuana charges. Stop killing the patients. Medical marijuana movement is vowing to fight back tonight after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that distributing marijuana to ease pain is still against the law. Just this, it really humanized it when you're actually talking to those humans on the phone and anybody who's followed the drug war uh, 
knows how dehumanizing it has been for so many people. And when your job is finding the worst stories, you, you're always trying to be optimistic that this day would come when it, when it would be, you know, let's like we just got back from a beautiful farm in Oregon that's going to grow weed and throw a weed dinner with wine from across the street and everybody loves it and all the produce they grow on their It's like, I thought I'd never see that day. And that was only 2002. I, before I ever smoked cannabis, like, I saw the world as pretty fucked up place. And I just, you know, you're a younger person, injustice, it just, it burns in you a way that, like, we probably shouldn't get used to, but you inevitably do. And the first time I smoked pot, there was just, I just, like, laughed at myself for the first time. And then you're still angry. Like, the world's still unjust. You're still angry about it. But it gave me a way to deal with it. And then, like, that was where I thought, well, this is where I can you know, maybe do something about it. And then the opportunity to uh, work for High Times came along. I'd been journalist other places and, um, you know, I was fired up about it. Yeah, you know, this is the only talk show I've ever actively gotten high on and that's the first time I've ever trailed off that way. So <laughs> I'll give you that tea time with D-Kid. <laughs> yes. All right, so after that trail off, we got right back into the world of cannabis journalism, which started with guys like Bean in the Prohibition era and ended with every news venue jumping onto the bandwagon. And then now that it's becoming legal, and not only that, it's becoming socially acceptable, everybody's adopting it. I mean, you know, there is a bunch of opportunists, there's a bunch of enthusiasts that, you know, have been waiting for this to happen. But all in all, it's a very crowded field. You ever feel like your thing, like something that was yours and like a smaller communities has now kind of been overblown? When I see the media constantly reporting on the green rush, of course that's the story they want to tell. It's about people making money and it glosses over all their shitty lack of reporting on this up till now because it's the new shiny thing. But how about some reporting on how did this nonsense system perpetuate itself. We're back now with a move that is certain to sharpen the debate over legalizing marijuana in this country. Today, the New York Times became the largest newspaper to endorse decriminalizing pot at the federal. The, the New York Times endorsed marijuana legalization for the first time in 2014. Are you fucking idiots? Like. And then, and then when they do, they're patting themselves on the back for... And, Being and, and then, yeah. yeah, and then all these stories came out about high times. So you asked about high times. All these stories came out like... And, and I love high times. I spent a decade of my life there. It was the best experience of my professional life. Um, but all these stories came out. What bold visionaries, high times. No, fuck you. They were so ahead of the curve on this. No, a fucking... I figured it out when I was 17. You know, any single person who looked at the facts surrounding marijuana can come to but one conclusion.
people used to make you feel shitty about working at high times in the rest of the media. Like you were openly laughed at, you know. Uh, there was a thing on Saturday, and I have a sense of humor, but it's like there was a thing on Saturday Night Live that just mocked the idea yes. of. And we're looking into that. Last question. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. But is it the truth that the government has a huge field of high potency pot that they grow just for the president and Congress? <laughs> Who are you? Russell Putnam, investigative reporter, High Times Magazine. It was Jack Black, who's cool and loves weed and is a weed activist. And I'm not on him, I'm just saying, like, that was the prevailing idea. Russell Putnam, investigative reporter, fighting for the decriminalization of hemp, featuring stories ripped from the pages of High Times Magazine. The media, they were the ones getting this story wrong, consistently, constantly, with terrible consequences. Mass incarceration is, a, it's not the only factor in mass incarceration, but it's a driving force. Stop and frisk, it's not the only factor in stop and frisk, but it's a driving force. Ah. Who was that guy? Putnam, he's a reporter. He's getting too close to the truth. And that bandwagon doesn't just involve the media. Now that it's legal, cannabis is by no means immune to the opportunism inherent to capitalism. All the media wants to report on now is, look at these guys making money. The Green Rush. The Green Rush. And, you know, I've spoken at these business conferences and, um, you know, I say, everybody raise your hand if you think uh, big business and corporate America is going to legitimize marijuana in the next five years. And uh, every, not every hand, but not every, but, and I say, well, you know what? Marijuana was fucking way legitimate before you ever showed up. <laughs> and the, the idea that Wall Street is going to legitimize marijuana is exactly fucking backwards. Yeah. Know? And I mean, you know, seeing that, what the media covers, this whole thing about the green rush, that's a reaction to something that is obviously becoming more accepted or more popular in the social psyche in America. The question is, what is it that actually changed that made this unexpected crumbling of prohibitions again? They'll cover what people want, right? And this was this huge blind spot where when the internet really became the driving way that people got their news, um, you saw the feedback, how many clicks there were. And it exposed that, oh, you know what? Not only do tons of people smoke pot, but they're interested in it as a topic. In fact, very interested. A quick search on Google Trends of just about any pot term you can think of shows an increase in search volume over the last 10 years. I actually spent way more time than I needed to verifying this. It's kind of fun. Marijuana legalization happened because of the people who feel passionately about marijuana. Other people were involved. You should be for it even if you don't like marijuana. But we got this shit as a grassroots community done without any help. Not without any help, but without any of these institutions getting involved. You know, yeah. And now people want to parachute in and make all the money, of course. That's still America. That's the thing. I mean, you were saying before, it's worth it. You know, if there is commercialization, corporatization of cannabis, 
it's worth it to dilute the true spirit of cannabis culture just a little bit if it means like all these social ills that come from cannabis prohibition will go away. In the end, you know, by prohibiting it, we've now created this reaction of, oh, it's like a huge fad, right? You know, my hope, you were saying it's totally worth it no matter who ends up making money off of marijuana that you end the prohibition. But, like, in the book, one of the chapter headings is cannabis should transform capitalism, not the other way around. Like, and I think to get it back to what you're talking about, you have to decommodify it on the one hand. And on the other hand, we should build an industry around we should not have big marijuana, um, but for different reasons than, like, a lot of people are putting that argument out as a reason to say, well, don't legalize marijuana or we'll have big marijuana pushing it on your kids. Well, big marijuana right now is the Mexican cartels. But I also don't want to see big marijuana. I want to see small marijuana. I want to see family farms. I want to see small business people. I want to see localized economies. And then ultimately to take this plant and make it not so commodified, to make it a thing that everyone just has ready access to in abundance. Everyone grows, perhaps. Yes, or everyone absolutely. Wants it. You know, th- that's a thing that a lot of people say is lacking from a lot of cannabis legislation, especially rec, uh, especially recreational weed laws. They don't allow people to grow weed themselves, which is a lame thing. I think, you know, I think a lot of the problems of a lot of the perceived problems of, of legal cannabis would be mitigated. The way to decommodify cannabis is to allow people to grow enough to have as much as they want and share it with people in their community. Yeah. You know, we and shouldn't be letting people, should, should, should someone be able to grow 99 pot plants, you know, for personal use maybe not you know i'm uh if it was up to me fine but i'll i'll meet you halfway society yeah but you should be able to grow enough that everyone you meet who is an adult who likes cannabis you could be like you know what i'm a, hey there you go and it if, if you if you're not paying tax it, it's it's you could decommodify it you could make it something that is really not about money yeah and it fixes so many things allowing people to cultivate their own cannabis it's not going to be too strong, right? You can really grow it in whatever method you want. If you want insanely strong weed, there's ways to do that. If you don't, you can completely control it. Your relationship with the plant makes you understand it. I think it's good to be around plants. As someone who lives in New York City around zero plants, I think it's probably would be really positive in my life if I could grow some weed, right? It would also take away from this sort of looming corporate future of cannabis that everyone's looking at. Because if people can grow their own cannabis, that's the central product. You'll still have all the auxiliary products. You'll still have that whole market of cannabis gear. But people would grow their own cannabis. I think you know that, that's the most important thing. It would outmode the Mexican drug cartels further than recreational legalization is already done. I mean, that's a lot of benefits, right? Are there more? <laughs> There certainly are more, but before we went down that road, I had another guest stop by to join us. All right, so Bean, while you're here, I'm having a buddy of mine stop by. He said he has something really special to show me, 
and he's on his way up now. I just buzzed him in, and let's see what he has that's so fucking special. Hey, what's up, man? Come on in. Hey. How's it going? How are you, dude? So this is my, my homie, David Bienenstock. Nice to meet you. Yeah, same. So you texted me earlier and said you had something special. I got many special things. So let yeah. me start off some special gold treats, and we'll smoke this real quick. Shit, that's amazing. All right. karat gold with a glass tip. All right, so Skeletor has brought over a golden J. Is that a golden blunt wrap or a golden no, J? this is a raw hemp carrot, 24 carat paper somehow. Holy shit. It's, it's very artisanal, crafted, pot smoking here. <laughs> this right. brand is actually called Tyga, T-Y-A, T-Y-G-A. It's like this new brand that came out. And they have this and these blunts that are like checkered. So... Check that shit out, they're pretty cool. So that's crazy, so the golden, the golden blunt, the golden J, used to be something you only saw like Method Man and Red Man blazing on, and now apparently it's been ubiquitized. And have you used these before? I've been smoking them all week. <laughs> golden blunts and golden nugs. So then we got started and things went in an expected direction. Nice, bunch Can of polaroids. Can I actually take a polaroid you guys to give to you for this? Yeah, this totally. Yeah, Fuck yeah. Awesome. Want me to take it? It's my Christmas gift for you guys. Awesome. <laughs> 30 minutes. What is that? Oh, sorry. oh it's just, I thought that was the mic. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Skeletor just thought oh, I was yeah. passing him a J, but I was just pointing the microphone at him. But it, to be fair, it looks like a J. Well, I'm on shrooms. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. So this is the joint that is slowly also developing into a Polaroid picture at the same time. Oh my god. Oh, whoa. As it destroys, it renews. Whoa, the end is the beginning is the end, bro. Nice. I feel like maybe we could Thanks get so uh, much, one of those art grants for that. We're going to smoke joints while we develop pictures of the buds that they were, like behind glass at MoMA. That's a great idea. Let's. Let's do that right maybe now. In, maybe in a California museum or the Denver San Museum Fair of Art. Mo. Get the Denver oh. Museum of Art on the line right now. Call them. <laughs> Let's have a call them up. I assume you can get these things approved. Yes, call yeah, them. This is conceptual art. I want you to call the Denver Museum right. of Art and tell them that we call have them, this idea. I feel like not mentioning that we even got us past the gate yeah, one. Totally. Yeah. But now we're in. Denver Art Museum. Hi, I represent a group of artists out of New York City, and I'd like to propose an exhibit that I think is ideal for your museum. Okay, what you'd need to do is send your uh, exhibition proposal, kind of in full proposal format, and um, you can mail that to our director. Okay. Would it be possible to just give you our, like, one line right now and just uh, get your opinion on it, just to, to know if it would, like, possibly get through? Well, here It's called... Ashes to flashes, and what it is is we, and we think it's perfect for your museum being in Denver because we're going to uh, take a nice bud of marijuana, take a Polaroid photo of it. This is all behind glass, so no one in the museum will be affected by the smoke. But we'll then smoke that bud of marijuana as the Polaroid picture of it develops, uh, so that in in essence it shows the impermanence of anything material uh, and the permanence of its after images. Yeah, the end is the beginning is the end is the beginning. Mm -hmm. the end. 
Well, I'm, I wouldn't be the, the correct person because being in communications doesn't necessarily mean I have a lot of art background. What do you think and of the idea, it, though? Um, it, it sounds kind of small. I mean, it's like it sounds like it'd be like one vitrine. Oh, it, not exactly like the the, the volume of, of marijuana could also be you know adjusted to fit the space. So we want something really like immense. You know, something really sort of, like, present. Mm -hmm. And what if we brought live plants in? Well, they'd probably have to be frozen before they could come in. Frozen? Yes. Conservation. Oh. Well, I, well, I, what, what uh, in terms of, why would, why would we have to freeze them? To avoid any possibility of contamination. Oh, so like anybody who brings in any kind of a plant for any reason, it's frozen first? Depending on, it's either frozen or it has to come from a particular source that has been vetted. Wow. Now, oh, whoa. We fight an ongoing battle to make sure that no little insects get into the museum because that could be devastating. Oh, they could oh, eat that. They could get they could to eat the, the art. Paintings. Do you, has, do you ever, has anybody... <laughs> Not something that it's worthwhile really talking to me about because I don't make these decisions. Okay, awesome. Thank you. All right, thank you. Have Bye -bye. a good weekend. It's Friday. <laughs> it no, it's not. <laughs> is it? Yeah, it is. It is Friday. Friday. I think she was into it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> And art museums, actually, to me, always have a kind of a bad vibe. Mm. Like, I, I, the art's okay, but There's a like, lot of rules at an art museum. It's so... And people yeah. are always standing around, looking at your phone, you around. Making yeah. Sure you yeah. Anything. Take their picture, they'll run away. That's like the only way to scare them. Yeah. It's the only way to scare them. Yeah. Point your camera at them. It's not, it's not a, like a friendly place. Because, like, you know, what the fuck's the point of a place where there's even more rules than an outside world? Once we got over the bitterness of having the Denver Art Museum reject our art project, our attention returned to the golden blunt that was still going around. All right, so the Tiger Blunt wrap is totally killing it right now. It's burning super evenly. The ash is still golden, which, I mean, it doesn't have the same luster, but it's still kind of gold. And uh, Skeletor, you did an amazing job of rolling this thing. So, so far, so good. And here, Bean, give that a go. Is, what strain is it there? That's the Kush cleaner. Top strain right now. It's really nice. And that about wraps it up for the first episode of Tea Time with Tea Kid. Thank you so much for listening. But before we head out, one final thought on traveling with weed. Special shout out to the TSA. See you next time. I've actually, I've never, definitely never smoked weed like in the air. You're crazy. You should. Yeah. You might as well. <laughs> I smoke the G pen on the plane all the time. I've never brought uh, any a pen onto, onto the plane. I'm too freaked out by it. You hear that? You hear that, TSA? 
I've never brought any weed on a plane. I literally I know haven't. it to be true, and but now that you keep saying it, it like suspicious. that, it sounds like you're fucking with them. But what a world we live in. The I more say I, I say it, like because I actually haven't, because I'm always scared. Because I have a Muslim name, I don't want to be at the airport with a Muslim. I don't want to be at the airport with a Muslim name. That just means <laughs> I don't ever want to be at the airport, which is kind of true. Dude. Because, but you know, I, honestly, in New York, I don't really get no one eyeballs me. And in other places that are likely more racist, like people, I am, I am a TSA officer's opportunity to not be racist and have him feel good about himself because I don't have an ethnic accent. And like by all appearances, I'm pretty much like an American person. You know what I mean? But I'm, I'm kind of brown skinned, right? I look like a brown person <laughs> and I kind of have like a beard-ish thing going on. So a TSA guy will see me and be like, you know what? I'm not going to be racist on this guy. I'm going to let him go right on through there. And that's cool. And I'm a good guy. But as soon as a guy comes in who's like, has like an uh, accent, you know, like sounds like an Arab at all. They're going to be like, bam, like straight into the cavity search. Chamber, you know? <laughs> I have to get pet down. I don't go through that shit. That x-ray mm. machine, that shit's scary.